Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he's with us. Sitting across me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGianato. Mark, good day, sir. I can barely contain myself, Jeffrey. Big game. Big game Friday in Memphis. You know, it was kind of... I love the big game I was feel. thinking about it as as I was walking out from lunch in between shows and the clouds were starting to roll away. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Big game. Oh, yeah. I, you know, like, I, I don't know if wherever you're listening to this, hopefully some of you are tailgating already. Hopefully... You're preparing to watch the game, whether at the at Simmons Bank yeah, Liberty you're, Stadium you're or tail, on TV. You're tailgating. Do us a favor. Click on that Odyssey app. Turn on another stream. <laughs> Come on. Get multiple yeah. streams. Um, but, it's uh, like have an instant replay. Yeah, have surround sound. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just I, I loved it growing up. It's like this is kind of what you like fall in love with sports. This is how you fall in love with sports. You go to a game with your, your, yeah. your dad no, or no your question. mom and your family or your friends. Um and you hang out, you know, you you talk about the game in the parking lot while throwing the football around, and eat, you know, the, the, the eating bur- some burgers. The, the burger, the, the chicken in one hand, the, and the football gets a little greasy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, running route. Oh, you know, yeah. Running the route I never, tree. I never ran the routes. I threw the routes. Yeah, threw the routes, whatever. You play a little, you know, oh, one-on-one. You know, someone covers you. It's like, I don't know. This is how I fell in love with sports. And then you go into the game, and it's like, you know, hopefully it's a great game. And hopefully the team, you know, the team you're rooting for, hopefully Memphis in this case, I assume for most of you listening, um, hopefully Memphis wins the game. Like this is this is the best. No, I completely agree. Like this this is exactly my wife. My wife was asking me the other day, like we were watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham, 
and they have a, it's not spoiler because it's a historical record. It's it's an actual thing. They have a brutally disappointing end of the season, and she's just like, "Why do we like sports?" And it's like, I don't know, but we do. And yeah. I think you're right. It's it's the ultimate example of hope. Yeah, and like this is this is the best part yeah. right now. Like you can't. Yeah, no, no, the best part well, is right like, after the win, but yeah. you can't guarantee that. Right. You can guarantee a great. You know, essentially, once they beat Boise State, we've had two weeks of build-up yeah. to this point, and now we're right here in Memphis, Tulane, 6 o'clock uh, on ESPN tonight. Oh, I thought we were talking about Christian Rogers and MUS. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. Um, well, it's, honestly, it's both. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's, you know, good tailgating for that, too. Oh, let me tell you what. <laughs> like, our tailgate's fine. Like, the brothers know how to do it. Like I give, yeah. them, I give them full credit. Yeah. They like, oh, when you play there, when you play there, and you you pull up, and you can just smell all their grills going. Like they they know how to do it. There's a decent chance that so you've got the longest running high school rivalry game in, in the Mem- in the Memphis area. The oldest. I'm not sure if it's yeah because they didn't play. Well, There's a lot of no, years no, no. they didn't well, play. Well, hey, we MUS as a school has like two points in time. Christmas, I think, has been continuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also had the 20 years where we didn't play because of the fight in the 1900 game. <laughs> we couldn't play in any sports. I love that there's a record of that. It's awesome. Yeah, it is great that that's, been, pre- that's been preserved as yes. part of the history of the game. But you've got that tonight. I just love the thought of not only, like, the players. It's like even the adults were fighting. Coaches, parents, like, everyone got in. What a scrap. And this is this what a is, time. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've, I've actually covered games like that in modern, I've in never, modern times. I've never, I mean, I, I'll never forget. I covered a bet. I covered a, a stands clearing brawl at a high school basketball game one time. That was, that was wild. They had to, and then they, they finished the game to their, to the refs' credit, and like the couple, they police, got everything they, under control. Well, no, 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 they cleared the gym. Everyone, oh, okay. they cleared, it, oh, like, so it was like a COVID game. Yeah, it was like a COVID yeah. game. They finished the last like because it was a close game. Yeah, and, so it, it decided something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, going back to tonight, I'm looking forward to this. And then, so I was saying, you've got the longest running high school game. And then you've got what I think, you know, I mean, I think if Memphis wins, there probably will be bigger home games this year, honestly. But right now, the biggest home game of the year and the biggest home game. But, I mean, that's also – this is the other thing I was thinking about the other day because it's like the problem with football is this is – how do you define this game? Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is when you win, mm-hmm. the subsequent games get bigger because more and more is on the line. Like, like if like, you win tonight, then probably the biggest game of the year, if you do what you're supposed to do, is the SMU game 100%. Um So uh, – but it's, you know – that was my a- That was my thought on Monday. It's like, yes, the two-lane game is – the biggest game of the year, or the biggest, mm-hmm. however you want to find it, biggest game since the Cotton Bowl, yeah. biggest game in the Silverfield era. There's no question. If you win it, it's the biggest game of the year until the SMU game. Yeah, and then that SMU game, if you win that, then it's like, well, oh. if, you're, if you're hosting the AAC Championship, yeah. then that's the biggest. Well, yeah. and at that point, you'll yeah. have a better picture of what's the Mountain West doing. What you know, has someone, as someone from, I was thinking about this. Liberty's still undefeated, mm-hmm. but I think in CUSA, I think I, every, I think, I think everyone everyone has acknowledged we were open to the so, idea of a Sun Belt team. If a Sun Belt team rose up, mm-hmm. I think we were Let open me, to the idea. I did that. some research on this. Mm-hmm. I did some I did some late night deep dive on this, so I've got some stats for you. Let's talk about it here in a second because we've got a lot to the get. Broncos to. Chiefs didn't put you to sleep. 
<laughs> this was not last night. This was ah, a couple nights okay, ago. Okay. This is a couple nights ago. I had baseball on in the background, and I was doing some just you know you know when you find that stat and you're like. All right, I got to go down the rabbit hole on this. No, I, um, I definitely have no idea about that. <laughs> um, so we'll, not, we'll not, not a rabbit hole guy at all. Come on. What are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? Uh, we'll talk Memphis Tulane. We'll talk college football, NFL here in a second. Two forty or so. Uh, Jonah Dillon, the Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, will join us to talk about the Memphis Tulane game. Blake Topmeyer. Uh, we fired him. Yeah, we got rid of him. We got rid of him. No, he's uh, no. had a, he's had like a one conflict. Of our favorite, he's one of our favorite guests. Had a conflict this week. He'll be back next week. Um, so uh, Jonah filling in for him. Three o'clock or so, we will get into the list. We got to talk about the uh, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, summarily. <laughs> summarily getting uh, shown the door. Everybody else is fought. And Major League Baseball playoffs. I've never turned on a team like this. Like I did last night. We I'll also, tell you that. We also had, you know. Well, we got to talk. We had Taylor Swift. Yeah, we got to talk about that game. There's no more, There's no sense talking about it in this segment, but we got to talk about it then. Yeah. Games of the weekend, we'll tell your story Taylor, about it. I told you, I'm still, I realized last night, I'm not as all in on the Taylor Swift thing as I was a couple weeks yeah. ago. I'm still interested. I'm, I'll still look. I'll still look. I did saw his grill at Thursday night steak night, mm-hmm. and so I did find myself. We flipped it over to Amazon. I was like, Leah, Leah, she... She's walking in. There, there she is. There she is. I did that. I did. when I saw it on my phone. I go, oh, she's there. She's at the game. Did you realize there's a cottage industry of people identifying what she's wearing, and mm-hmm. then like they'll put it on social. Yeah. And it like just, last night, it she, just becomes la- like the biggest seller. Like yes. you, it ju- it jumps like it was tenfold. Like, it wasn't it like even like she had like ranch. She used ranch yeah. with her. Chicken nugget or something. Well, that was it. Was uh, she did like the ketchup ranch mix ketchup or whatever, and then mix. Heinz Heinz rebranded whatever they yeah. whatever they call that sauce. It's yeah. it's whatever. It's Thousand Island, everyone. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like special sauce, whatever <laughs> Abner sauce, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, and so then it's ketchup and mayo or ketchup and ranch. And we'll wrap things up with our uh, games of the weekend. But uh, let's let's dive a little more into this Memphis thing because you were you were talking about what are we going to be talking about. Because here's here's the thing. If Memphis let's let's talk about the two scenarios. If Memphis wins and if Memphis loses. If Memphis wins, here's what I think's on the table, ultimately. You're in the driver's seat, I would say, because you have the home game against SMU for the AAC title. Or for the number one spot in the AAC. Yeah. Well, I think you, you're in the driver's seat. You know, you're still gonna have to beat SMU well, probably. You, you control, you're gonna have to Well, you, you can, control your own destiny and, and the and the the biggest looming threat, because SMU is undefeated in the league. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one last swimming night. threat is at home. Yes, um, and, and you've been under under Ryan. You've been pretty good at home. Yeah, if you win tonight, you'll be twenty and four under Ryan Silverfield at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Um, so that's on the table. I I think if you win tonight, you can legitimately start thinking. Okay, we're halfway through the year, and I think Memphis has a pretty good shot at being the New Year's Six team for the second time in four years. Yep. Um, I think you can start thinking about it. You won't be the favorite to, on on Sunday. I don't think to be the group of five. I still also think it's very early. You will. It's clear you will not be the clubhouse. If leader. Wyoming wins, Wyoming will be ahead of you. I think in in, tech, in my mind, I think I, they will. I be. think you're right. I still think it's way too early to de- well like, declare. A so clubhouse I wanted leader. I wanted to talk about this because I have a column up at commercialpill.com, which is the it's it's about. Ryan Silverfield, and so the headline is, you know, this is it. He's getting a chance tonight 
that not a lot of coaches get. Um, you know, he started the year on these national hot seat lists, and there's a very legitimate scenario now where he could win a conference title and maybe get a contract extension. Like, that's very realistic scenario. Uh, it's a lot of wins off, but it's also, you know, they've played their way into it tonight, into that agreed. chance, the chance. Yes. Um, and not a lot of coaches get to do that. And so it's that's why it's the biggest game for him. But I don't think if you win, I don't think you're going to be ranked. And I don't think, as I just alluded to, you're going to be the um, favorite on Sunday to be the New Year's Six team. There's going to be some teams slotted ahead of you. In my, that's what I suspect. Yeah. Um, and part of it is, I do to not your think point, I don't think they're going to be ranked. I would say this though: if they win tonight, they're going to be ranked at some point this month. I think that's. I think that's. I mean, I think if they beat UAB, they might get you know because they'll move up to like one of the higher others receiving votes teams. I think if mm-hmm. they win this game, and then. Then they'll be in a position where if some teams lose and they beat UAB, right? Then you could be ranked. Um, the problem they're going to run into a little bit, like is there what, a G five team ranked right now? I don't think so. Right? No, uh, I don't believe so. No, I think is Wyoming's uh, not. Air Force is not right. Wyoming, is JMU. No, Wyoming and Air Force are the two highest receiving votes in both polls. Like, are like the two highest receiving group of five others receiving votes in both polls. JMU is also receiving votes in those polls, but they're not eligible. Memphis in the coaches poll rec- and, and JMU is Fred- eligible to receive votes. They're not eligible for the postseason. Yes, yes. Excuse me. So in the in the coaches poll, um, it's like Wyoming and Air Force are ahead of Memphis right now. Tulane is ahead of Memphis right now. James Madison, Fresno State got four votes, and Memphis got two. And then they got another weird one tonight, though. Ohio and Liberty also received votes in the coaches poll. Um, so, I, if you look at the ratings right now, the AAC is the eighth best conference in college football as of right now. If you so look at like the Massey had, ratings, Mountain the, West and Sunbelt are both ahead of them. Okay. Now, that has happened in the like two years ago. That happened, and the AAC still got the Group of Five bid. Because those other leagues ate themselves alive, yeah, you know, and 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 I believe that year they had Cincinnati was undefeated, you know, Cincinnati yeah. was undefeated, um, so you got away with it, even though you know, like it's not like it's not like they've never been eighth. They were not never eighth at any point when they had Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati, but they are eighth this year. And I point as I pointed out the other day with Cobb. You know, ultimately, they've gone from, if you go by that that ESPN football power index, the AAC has gone from last year having seven teams in the top half of FBS to this year having three. Kiesa! Two of them play tonight at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, Tulane and Memphis. SMU is the other one. Get too um, much Kiesa in you. Yeah. And, the, you know, and as you pointed out, the only one who maybe has some promise to bump up in your mind is UTSA. Yes. Because the QB's get, healthy. He's getting again. healthier. But, um... So I don't think we're going to be talking about them being ranked or them being the favorite for the Wyoming. The winner of the Wyoming Air Force game is going to be the number one, whether it's another's receiving votes or I think the winner of that will be ranked next week. Um, that team is. Bottom. I mean, there's a lot that kind of depends on it. Like, what if Miami? Like Kansas be- is 24 right now. Do you think they're going to beat who they play? They play someone. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Yeah. I'm betting on it. 
Kent- Missouri and Kentucky, one of those two will lose. It's like, well, no, but it's like whoever wins, I think gets who. Kentucky's ranked right now, but if Kentucky loses, I think Missouri will go back in. So, yeah. but like Miami, like what if Miami beats North Carolina? Is North yeah, Carolina going to drop out? Miami's going to move up. Like, yeah, and Miami is ahead of well, no, Miami is not. Miami's ranked My, in the AP poll. If Miami poll loses, yeah, Miami's if Miami ahead of loses, them. I think they'll be out. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I don't. It, but I'm really looking forward to uh, tonight's game. I think it, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I don't know. If, I'll be honest. I don't know if Memphis is going to win. I, I wouldn't. It's a five points. I think I would. I think I would take Memphis and the points. I just don't know if Memphis. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a really close game. I just. I don't know. Like my eyes tell me that I think Tulane's better, but I've watched. Memphis under Ryan is pretty darn good. I think both of them are kind of they've shown in spurts that they can be a good team. It feels like, and maybe Tulane a little more so, but I also think Memphis's schedule. I, I don't know. They're but they they have very similar very schedules similar, like, and very similar results. Like through Ole four, Miss is, five games. Ole Miss is more highly ranked than Missouri. But, but like, Boise's better than South Alabama, like in terms of a sure. good group. Like they each have, they each have, they, a, they have pretty a, similar schedule. They each have a good loss to an SEC team. Statement losses. Statement losses to an SEC team. They each have like a good group of five win. Memphis beating Boise State, and then South, uh, Tulane beating South Alabama, and they both have a closer than expected conference win. Tulane over UAB last week, and Memphis over Navy a few weeks ago. Um, so, uh, now, and that's why I, I wonder what do you, some people have pushed back on this. What do you make of the QB matchup? Not just, you know, you have Pratt in there, it, you know, ultimately I think maybe the two best quarterbacks in the league. Maybe I certainly feel that way about Pratt. I don't know about, I, I think Seth, you know, is probably duking it out with a couple other guys to be in that conversation. But what do you make? Of, do you think the QB matchup will decide this in any? Like, what do you think are the deciding factors in this game? Uh, I always start up front first. The big people. Yeah. I do think if you look the at biggest the biggest num- storyline to me is can Memphis block Tulane? Yeah, Tulane leads the AAC in sacks, and they have a good run defense. So, the reason why I say that is where Tulane has been gettable is the back end of their defense. Mm-hmm. They've been susceptible to. You can kind of throw it on them. But for Seth, Seth is not like gets it out of his hand immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And how they deal with the pressure of that, that front seven. Yeah. And then the other big thing for me is can Memphis hold Tulane to field goals? Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I was looking it up. Memphis leads the AAC in scoring this year, right now. Through I think five on games. both sides of the ball. I think they're the number one scoring defense, the number one scoring offense. Um, and then. What they lead, uh, what they actually, I think they lead uh, in, not in, they don't lead in points. I think they're second in scoring defense. What they do lead in it, though, is on third down. They're the best team in the AAC defensively on third down. Uh, they, they get off the field pretty well. Or certainly better than previous Memphis teams. Like, they're 59th now in total defense. They've they, you know, Remember, they sometimes, were number one for a couple weeks. third downs can be a little deceiving because, like, take the Missouri game. Yeah, they were great on third down, but they got torched in, on first and second down. Yeah, fourth down. down, they've been more middle of the pack. Well, um, first and second down. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. like Missouri only got to like eight third downs. Like, they were good on third down. No, and, and like I told you, Pratt 
Six of the last seven games he started, Tulane scored 35 or more points. So I think you're going to have to put up some points to beat them. Maybe, but sometimes these kind of yeah. these big games end up being a little slower paced. Neither team really wants to make a mistake. Maybe. Yeah. Do you th- I mean, do you think there'll be an element of that? Do you think? He- I mean, I-, I think maybe Memphis is feeling a little pressure because they're yeah, the home but team. You, but and- when you go on the road and you're re you know you're reintroducing your starter that's been out for a little bit, oftentimes like yeah. the, the now thing- he did play the last game. He did. The concern that I have on that side of the ball is. Memphis was decent against the option, but they also gave up like massive chunk plays. Yeah. Like that's the thing is like you, I'm fine if you give up yards, but when you get to the red zone, like can you keep them from scoring touchdowns? Because they've yeah. not been a great def- or they, Tulane's not been a great offense at finishing drives. Yeah. No, and Spears is the one who killed Memphis last year yes. in that game, and he's not there. So he was running we'll, for touchdowns in the NFL. We'll revisit the, this with Jonah here in a little bit. All right, I got um, one. Yeah. Okay. What What are we going to be talking about coming out of this coming out of this weekend? All right. Would you agree with this premise? Mm-hmm. So far, we do not have like a Heisman front runner. Well, I was thinking about this because the problem is. There's not there's not a standout on Georgia, correct? Michigan people have been trying to do the Brock, trying to get the Brock thing going. Michigan has been playing like Blake Corum, yeah, like and like McCarthy. Maybe I guess you could put there in the mix. He's but he hasn't be- done anything. He hasn't had like anything resembling a Heisman moment because they haven't played anyone. Georgia, Georgia, and Michigan remind me of the same t- same thing. I don't know if they're going to win a bunch of like individual awards, but they're going to have like fifteen. But they're like limiting Blake Corum snaps, for yeah. instance. Like Blake Corum was considered a Heisman he's candidate before the year, but he like doesn't play that much in these games that they're comfortably winning. Um, but so you know, because you're looking at the best teams, there's not really. I mean, like. I I think if Colorado, you know, Colorado's four and two, like I think Shador Sanders is in that conversation. I think the ceiling for Shador is to get to New York. I don't think it's to win the Heisman. I just, we, have we ever had a seven and five Heisman Trophy winner? Yeah. Ohio State, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. hasn't really popped like you'd expect, even though he is a great prospect. I mean, maybe the guy, Jordan Travis at Florida State, but it still doesn't feel like. The buzz is there. Yeah. So Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma might now, be the closest thing. Yeah, but like even Dylan Gabriel had like a a career performance on Here, Saturday. Here's who's you know who's you know who is the favorite who I would say, but I agree with your premise that there's that like I don't think he's necessarily definitely gonna win it at this point. Michael the guy at Washington is probably well, this the is favorite. Where, this, Michael Penix. He's this, got the best numbers and he's probably got a chance tomorrow. To be clear though, oftentimes the worst thing that you can be is the September October Heisman winner. Remember, People, Ken, remember, remember Kenneth Walker, like the kid from Arlington. Yeah. Remember after he, well, I mean, like he the, devoured Michigan, and he in like middle of October was like, holy crap, like could he win the Heisman? Well, and like, then like Leonard you know, Fournette, Leonard Fournette's big year, he went off because the problem is, it's the same reason why we don't often have back to back Heisman winners. It's because you start getting held to your Heisman standard, and if you just play. At that level, we're not impressed. Or if you play a slip a little bit, like you're kind of seeing that a lot with Caleb Williams. It feels like people are kind of nitpicking Caleb Williams. And it's like if you've watched I him didn't play, mention you're like, him. He's definitely though. But he his, might be his the big moments still. are going to come later. Well, and I think I think I, I I said Penix. I still think I'd put Caleb 
Caleb Williams has to be the betting favorite right now. Like, what, what, like, I'm going to go look it up while you're talking. So the, Who's the betting favorite? The biggest favorite? question I have is on Monday, are we going to be talking about, because it feels like we have our first someone takes control of the Heisman race on Saturday. If Penix has a big game and balls out, which I think for Washington to win, he's going to have to put up unbelievable numbers. He'll, I think he'll take the throne. And I hate to say it, man. If Oregon wins and Bo plays well, mm. I think the campaign really gets some juice. So this is interesting that you mentioned this. And you also have UNC playing Miami. Correct. Drake, Drake May. Put it in the chat. Um, I just looked it up. The, the Heisman odds. Some books have Penix as the fav- slight favorite. Yep. Some books have Caleb Williams as the slight favorite. To your point, number three in these odds is Bo Nix. Yep. Um, and then Dylan Gabriel fourth, and then Jordan Travis fifth, Drake May sixth, J.J. McCarthy seventh, Brock Bowers eighth, and then you get into Quinn Ewers is ninth, and Travis Hunter is tenth. I don't know. So Shador Sanders isn't even on this list with the odds here. It has him. Hey, this is out. He should. Yeah, they. Wow, his odds are really. Shador is really low. I'm telling you, I man, figured just, he would have been higher. You don't. I have, figure just based on the publicity, he'd be in the top 15 or 10. And for the record, I think Shador's awesome. He's probably been one of the 15 best players in college football this year. But nonetheless, that's where we're at. Um, and you're right. Penix has a chance against Oregon. Bo Nix has a chance against Washington, vice versa. Caleb Williams has a chance against Notre Dame to really shine. And Drake May against Miami has, like, a big moment here. You could also talk me into... We got a little more clarity. Jalen Daniels has a chance for a Johnny Football Heisman. And here's what I mean. Jaden Daniels? Jaden Daniels, sorry. Mm -hmm. If you think back to Johnny Football's Heisman year, they lost twice early. Mm. And then he got on fire... And sat, tell, it's going to take tell, more than one game of that, though. Well, tell me if this sounds familiar. Well, his numbers are incredible. Yeah. And if you watched him, like he's making, he's making jaw-dropping throws. But also, the this key is mo- the LSU quarterback. Correct. The key moment for Johnny Football in that season was the Alabama game in November. Well, Jaden Daniels has a game at Alabama in November. To your to your point, if you go by yards per game, yeah. Penix leads the country with three hundred ninety nine point eight yards per game. Shador is two, three thirty six point seven. Jaden Daniels three, three twenty eight point two. Um, and Jaden Daniels has a wow nineteen to two TD yes. to interception ratio. Yeah. Um, and ranks third in yards per attempt yeah. behind only Penix and Caleb Williams right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So and he's course. he's got a chance. Like if you're talking about the long shots, that's where it is. So to me, like now, that's- Caleb Williams. Yeah, have you seen Caleb Wins has a twenty-two to one TD to interception ratio? Yeah, the right problem now. is Caleb looks bored. Yeah, but he's still he's at, he's no, having he's, a good year still. No, I, he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's incredible. But it's just like you watch. Shador has the most yards. Shador is the only quarterback in the country with over two thousand yards right now, at this point in the season. Now he's played. Oh, oh. So the, the, a lot of those other guys well, are off the field. No, well, Shador, it, it, it's a, it's a. Anomaly. He's played one more game than Penix, and Penix yeah, is they, only well, like twenty. Penix only twenty-one yards behind. Washington him. and Oregon both had their buys last week. Yeah. Um. So interesting. So you think there'll be 
So in your mind, I, I think we're gonna have a Heisman front runner well, this week. Here's here's is it more like some guys will drop off because they'll lose? Like obviously you're right. Someone from the like if if Oregon loses, that's gonna downgrade Bo Nix in the race. There's no unless question. he has an incredible but I also game. I think and if they Washington lose. loses, it downgrades Penix. But I think it's I think the inverse will be true. I think it's unlikely that either team wins this game without their quarterback playing well. So therefore, I think I wonder if I wonder if and all, but then also if now the weather's the weather's looking bad in South Bend, but if you tell me that Caleb Williams goes and reminds everybody, yeah, has like one of those because Notre Dame's played like seven games in a row. Yeah, like they, 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 they they the last couple of weeks you're like, man, they look no, people. I've they I, look whipped. I know. Yeah, well, Tim's been complaining yeah. about the the ske- how you know how they put this schedule together. Yes. Um. So. So yeah. if Caleb has a big game, you could talk me into that. Um, I, th- I think those are the guys, though. Like Georgia's not gonna, like nothing that Georgia does against Vanderbilt's going to matter. I still don't think they have anybody that, that that's going to step up. And then I think the other question is: Do any of these conference races start to take a turn? Because in the pack t- in the Pac twelve. Whoever it feels like wins this game in Seattle mm-hmm. probably takes the mantle of the favorite in the Pac-12. Yeah, but if USC wins, I know. But I'm telling you, most people like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I know. I know people because that defense. People are ultimately don't think USC is going to be able to you know correct pass the smell test when when it really has to play go win a title. But none of the none of the Big Ten contenders, right? Michigan's playing. Michigan plays Indiana, yeah. Ohio State plays Purdue, and then Penn State plays like UMass, right? I don't even think it's a league game. Yeah, it's not. I think they play UMass. Yes. So nothing That's there. Why Mich- Michigan fans took note. Did you see James Franklin this week in his press conference? Alluded to teams. Te- may- he was like, maybe we just have to I, emphasize, you know, playing a schedule where it's the most likely to get I undefeated. Like, that, so, you I, know, made, I made that tell your story on Monday. Yeah, like the teams that are dropping games. Because did you, did you know that I looked up this fact? To this, but to do that on UMass week, I don't know if that's well, the, I don't know if that's the best optics, James to, Franklin. To your point, Michigan's strength of schedule of games played mm-hmm. was like one ten mm-hmm. or one eleven. Mm-hmm. Penn State's was one ten. Yeah, it was like it, it was like there was one spot that separated them. Yeah, Michigan fans took note, but of I'm that. sure Penn State fans were eating that up, which is all that really matters. But we do have one league, one league that stands above the rest. For perhaps maybe inviting some chaos. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, ACC. Mm, yeah. Could could North Carolina, you know, isn't this a isn't this a classic Max spot? Like I like five I t- and oh, Miami's coming to town. You've been I think he's Max won four straight against Miami. So you think UNC's gonna win? Uh, no, yeah. I'm, p- I'm picking I, the other way. Like I said, but, there's not an ACC coastal anymore. But if this was the ACC coastal and both these teams were in the coastal once upon a time. Would it not? Stun- Miami would go and beat UNC, and then promptly go and lose a week or two later after that. Would it not stun you for Louisville after one of the biggest wins in school history? Great win, mm-hmm. getting Arduzied at Pitt. <laughs> yeah, isn't that an Ardu? I know Pitt's not look good, but they changed quarterbacks, it would, yeah, and it would feel appropriate. Yeah. Like it's on the CW exactly. too. It's like perfect. You know it's like I mean? a- yeah, you know. that doesn't that kind of smell smell this, right? This is why we got this TV yeah. though with the CW. CW yes. knows drama. There you go. <laughs> I think that wasn't that TNT. 
I think yes. TNT. Yeah, that's drama, right. Yeah. But no, but CW always had those yeah, like the, the, teen the dramas. Teen, the, it was like the. We or whatever it used to be called, WB, right? The WB. WB, UPN, they merged. But yeah. every CW show looked the same. It was lit very dark and like, mm-hmm. dramatically. It'll, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's right. <laughs> um. By the way, I, checked, I don't what, think I we're gonna that, have much. I checked that NC State on the CW game out last week. Mm-hmm. They still use like the ACC network graphics. Oh no! It's just like it's well, like because I think I'm sure it's the in-house thing. I think it's just, the yeah. yeah it's, they're getting produced by the schools. Yeah. I think those games. Um, but if you, I mean, if you look at the standings, I think we're going to get a little clarity on the AAC race tonight. If you're going through the conference, yeah, AAC, like the American tonight at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. To your point, I mean, Florida State is, I, they're going to still be the favorite in the ACC coming out of this, but I could see where Louisville drops a game and obviously UNC could against uh, Miami. Um, Big 12. Uh, it seems like that has, you know, Oklahoma winning last week has really kind of made them still, the if, team to beat. I will be extremely surprised if we do not see Oklahoma and Texas again. Well, yeah, it does look like the drop-off between Oklahoma, Texas, and, like, West Virginia, Kansas, whoever. I was, what a way to lose last night. I know. That was crazy. <laughs> that was, I will say this, though. Hey, hey, that was a hell of a snag. First First conference win for the new guys yeah. in the Big 12 there last night, Houston. They needed That's... a Hail Mary to do it, but uh, first win for the AAC transplants in the in the Big 12. Is Dana still drunk right now? <laughs> oh, God. I'm betting yes. Did you, say, did you hear his, his quote was something like along the lines, it was like the maddest I've been slash the, like the, the, the transition the largest, yeah. from maddest to happiest in a shortest amount of time I've ever been in my well, life. Well, there's also this great thing with Dana because like, He's a guy that wears a visor but should not wear a visor. And so, like, when he gets like that, because he's bald, but he still, like, grows his hair long, so it looks like a mullet. But it's very it's very thin. Mm-hmm. And when he gets mad, his hair just gets so frizzled. And it's just so funny. Such a great look. <laughs> he's got a distinctive look. Yes. That's for sure. He's, he most certainly does. Um, so, but, like, he, like, I don't know. If, I guess that that's kind of cleared up. Big Ten, I mean... Until Michigan, Penn no, State, right. and Ohio State play. Well, I mean, each we other. get the Big Ten West decided. Yeah, I guess that's right. Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa. <laughs> God, bless way, so, God, you, God bless you. So primetime game. Did you see that uh that forecast? It's gonna be like cold, windy, and rainy. And then Air Force Wyoming will give us who's kinda I mean, I know Boise is lurking there because they're undefeated in conference play. But they're but they all, you know, Boise still has a zero in their conference record. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. Pac-12 will be yeah. so separation Saturday. It's here. It's here. Uh, let's talk to Jonah Dillon. Let's get let's get down to the nitty gritty of this Memphis Tulane game coming up six o'clock at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Jonah Dillon, the Tiger Football beat writer from the Commercial Appeal, join us next. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. It's never been easier to join BetMGM's new and improved app where you can use the same account across all states. Sign up using code MEMPHIS and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. You can also check out the new weekly free-to-play game, 8-Bit Barry, on the app. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for T's and C's, 21 or older, to wager, Tennessee only, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Jonah Dillon is the Tiger football beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. You can follow him on Twitter on X, at the Jonah Dillon. Jonah, if you could see one stat from the final, from the, the final printout that they'll give us, what would you want to see to determine the outcome of this game? Hmm, that's a good one. I would say hmm, I would go Blake Watson rushing yards is going to be one because we know Blake Watson versus that two lane front is a big battle. Yeah, probably the one that that we would expect. I'll go Seth Hennigan passing yards versus Michael Pratt passing yards. I think that's probably right. The one, you could also talk me into showing me sacks. Like if Seth gets sacked yeah. five six times, I, I I find it unlikely that Memphis wins. Like I think that's the big question. It's like can they? Can they block that front? Yeah, and, and that's both the run game and then how good is he going to yeah. play. I mean, I think Seth, Seth Hennigan is going to be the story probably one way or the other coming out of this game. Do, do you, did you sense this week talking to the coaches, you know, being around the team like you have so far this year? I mean, do you sense, you know, obviously this is a big moment in the season and a big moment for the program and a big moment for this team and this coach. Um, do you sense any... I don't know if anxiety is the right word. Like, what what's what do you think the vibe is around that place heading into this game? Um, do they feel you, – you, could you sense some pressure this week? Or what, what are your thoughts on tr- sort of the mindset of the program right now heading into this? Yeah, I think they feel they feel like this is a big game. You know, they've been 
even Ryan Silverfield, you know, he kind of downplays it every week. He says the next game is the most important one, and they've kind of tried to do that. But you can tell, especially with two weeks to prepare for this game, they know how important this is. I think the vibe, because they beat Boise State, they've been confident. Had they lost that game and then had two weeks to think about it, I think we would have a much different conversation this week going to that game. But I think they're confident. I think they know how big this game is, and they know that their whole season basically is probably going to come down to – how this game goes and then how they play coming off of that. How do you think they avoid another slow start? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel like the slow starts have, have kind of added up throughout the season, and we kind of ask about that every time. And then, you know, last game against Boise State offensively, like they point to that first drive because there was a punt down like inside the six-inch line. So obviously that drive is, is yeah. not going to go well. But but also in that game, that's one drive, and then they didn't get the offense going until late in the second quarter. Well, it's been so, interesting. Haven't they had like good first drives okay, like a couple times, and then it's like been the rest of the first the, quarter the that's Navy been game, bad. The Navy game, they had a good first drive. And, and I want to say the Arkansas State game was the same way. They had a good first drive. Did they settle for like a field goal? Like, I yeah, feel like the Arkansas goal, State game, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, and then they couldn't, but they moved the ball. You know, they moved down the field. But regardless, so you the start, though, yeah, because I don't know if, you know, you got away with it against Boise. I don't know if you get away with it a second time. You know, Like, I don't know if you get no, away with it tonight, yeah, fall behind like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, they, they, and they have to know that. I mean, that has to be, you would think, especially knowing that this has happened a couple times this season, the last two weeks they've been preparing for this game saying, we can't fall behind in the first quarter. Like, we can't, it just can't happen. Even against Missouri, they were up in the first quarter, but that was, there was a Missouri turnover, like, deep in their own territory. Yeah. So that's why they got the ball and then they scored. So they've got to move the ball. I mean, if you get the ball first, you know, if you have a three and out, it's just, then, then all the momentum is going the other way. And it's really, they did it against Boise State. They overturned the momentum, but it's, it's really hard to do that, especially against this team, which is much, you know, this team is better than Boise State, let's be honest. Yeah, this this is eh, Missouri was still better, but this yeah, Missouri is, is better than Taylor. this is their second toughest yeah, Missouri, test. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, and and you know I have a column up at commercialpill dot com about Ryan Silverfield, and you know obviously you know this is a big moment for him. I'm curious, not in terms of like expectations, but or what this means for him, win or lose, but like how would you coach this game if you were him, like we. And this is probably for both of you, both Jonah and Jeffrey. I'm curious, like aggressive, like go for it. You know, you're you're going for broke here. This is your big moment, and you you do that, or is this you're you're playing it cagey and you know I don't know I don't want to say conservative, but you're like you're more trying to you know get this thing close into the fourth. Yeah, get this thing close into the fourth. Is it because you're at home? Do you go for it here? You know, in this big moment, I, I I'm going to be really interested to see like sort of his approach to the to game management tonight as uh, you know he's been a aggre- in the past it seems like he's leaned aggressive until and the then, game, until the game gets tight until until the fourth quarter and they, like it feels like he's he kind of goes back and forth between in in between during games sometimes you know be really aggressive in yeah. moments and then other moments you go back and look and you go man I wish they were more aggressive they took their foot off the gas especially this was last season especially but what do you th- what approach do you think he'll take, or what approach would you yeah. take? Well, I think I mean it's easy for us to sit up there, and I always think you know you should always go for it on fourth down, and you should always be more aggressive and do all this stuff. I think probably we'll see a mix. The one thing that to keep in mind is like when you look at Tulane's defense, 
they have a lot of sacks, obviously, but their run defense, like I talked about, is really good, and their pass defense is not as good. So if you're Memphis, and, and obviously Memphis has had success running the ball this season. Blake Watson has been really good. But you have to think that the way to beat them on defense is with the passing game, and that means opening it up early. You know, get the ball and throw it on first down, throw it down the field. You know, don't do the typical run, run, third and five, and you try to pass, and you get a three-yard completion, and then you punt. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you can win games like that. But I think with this matchup, the way that you want to do is go for it. Also, we know how important this game is, and we know, like, even in, in Ryan Sorkfield's whole tenure, this game is going to – we're probably going to come back to this game, win or lose, as a big inflection point. And you have to think with all that in mind – you know, you want to go for it. Like if you, if you go out there and you're aggressive and you get beaten kind of a shootout or some game like that, you can always point to that and say, we went for it and we just came up a little bit short. If you don't go for it and you still lose, then the fans are going to be more upset, right? So at least you have that on your side. I'm 100% with Jonah. If Think of it this way. I'm going to be aggressive early because in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, if this is a one-score game, which quarterback would you rather have? And I'd rather have Pratt. If this is a one-score game late. Well, it, it, it it's a chance for Seth. I mean, Seth Hennigan has had some some moments where he's been really yeah, clutch. I mean, Pratt, Pratt. And other moments where he has been like the, the opposite of that. Like he's made, made some bad Pratt's, mistakes. Pratt's in clutch, been pretty moments. Con- consistently clutch the last two years. I mean, he's that's cert- why this is a big opportunity yeah. for, for yeah. Seth Hennigan because he can, 100%. This can be the game where he outplays Michael Pratt and leads Memphis to, to a win, and then Memphis is at the top of the conference. You know, like this, I mean, this I think you can make the right? argument, too, Jonah, that if he wins this and he outplays him, he might be he might be the front runner to be first team all-conference. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't know if Stone's going to have – like I was watching last night. That guy leaves a lot to be desired. Stone at SMU. Yeah, I, yeah, and Pratt missed two games. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I suppose Frank Harris is getting healthier, and he's can put. But it feels like they took too many L's. <sighs> SMU's got the best schedule, though. Or, of, like other than Memphis has the two, its two toughest games at home. But if you look at SMU, like SMU has the easiest of the. Uh, I don't think they play Tulane this they year. They do not. Um, they've got the no, easiest I, schedule I don't think they of play everyone Tulane else. Or UTSA. Um, so I think that plays in their favor somewhat. Like their only, like the only game. I'm not saying it's the only game they will lose or or could lose, but the only game they're not going to be favored in SMU the rest of the way is the Memphis game potentially. And I think it's likely that they'll be favored yeah. in that one too. You think SMU will be favored over Memphis? Favored. I mean, yeah. the metrics are that's most power ratings most reflect Vegas lines. Yeah, but if Memphis beats Tulane, I think they're going to... It's not going to jump up as much as you think, man. Okay. Interesting. Just like the rankings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, as far as just the, the dynamics of this, this is a big game. It's a, it's a you know, we're, we're dealing with all of this stadium stuff at the moment, too. You know, and so it's, you know, there's a different kind of spotlight on the program, whether it's because of conference realignment because, you know, I think there are definitely some people who have been fatigued by all that, you know, being left out again and all that stuff. Um, you've got this, you know, these stadium renovations looming. Um, we had Laird Veach on the program yesterday, and, you know, very clearly, like, they are trying desperately to get 
the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium renovations going on time in January. Um, I, I'm curious, just what do you think the importance of uh, of this game in that context is? Like, uh, do because it strikes me as this is a real chance for this program. Like, it's got a little bit of momentum right now because it's been an encouraging start. But the reality is they started 4-1 and one last year, too, and then went 40 days without winning There's a game. There's still some trepidation. I agree with you. And, and like, how important do you – I know you've only been here a short time, but do you sense, you know, this this could be this could be the momentum moment? Yeah, I think, I think it really could. I think one of the issues that – people have brought up consistently with like conference realignment is like the perception of the program, the perception of Memphis athletics, the perception of Memphis as a city, all that stuff. And honestly, this game, you know, people talk about it in kind of an abstract, like, Oh, this game's on ESPN. That's a big deal. And sometimes if it's in the middle of the day and there's a million other games on, it's really not that big of a deal. Yes. But, like, agree. If you want to watch college football tonight, like this, this is the game you're going to watch. And honestly, if you're a casual fan, this is probably the only time you're going to watch Memphis this season. Like, let's just be honest, unless, unless you're talking about a conference title game. And it might be the only AAC game you're going to watch this season. So in terms of perception for those people, like if you watch this game and you see Memphis win, you see Memphis win in a shootout, and you see Seth Hennigan throw for 300 yards, you know, something like that, that's just, that means that all these casual fans think about Memphis in a certain way, which is probably what happened during 2019. Obviously, you have to, like, win the games, too. But I think in that sense, this is the opportunity. Memphis, you know, they're not going to play in a game like this again the rest of the season. They're not going to play a team that's ranked. They're not going to play a team as good as Tulane, right? That SMU game is the only opportunity. So this is this is it. And that that means all the stuff if you lose. If, if Memphis loses this game, then people tune in. They see a loss. Fans tune in. They see that the team is 4-2. and two, And they're not going to be as interested going to the next part of the season. So in, in terms of keeping up momentum, both in the city and among casual fans, this is kind of like your one opportunity. I agree completely with Jonah because fairly or not, the college football fan, the, the guy, you know, the guy that had not tuned in locally, the perception is Memphis isn't Memphis anymore. Like they're, mm. they're not. And yeah. I think you're right. This type of win could swing that back to, oh, maybe, maybe yeah, they, oh, Memphis yeah. looks pretty good. Oh, Memphis looks right. good again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. they're back. Yeah. I, I, and by the way, Colorado's playing the game after that is Colorado Stanford. So people tune in early and they see the end of a close game. Like, yes. Mm, oh, I didn't even know. think about game. that. We could get some, we could get yep. some. Well, I also didn't do this. Is there any chance? If this game goes into the fourth, they bump this one to news so that well, they can, the so we can watch Dion walk in. Well, <laughs> well, that's the question. What if it goes long? Are we going to get like complaints from people nationally going, like, "Why is the Memphis game on? I'm I'm here to watch Dion." Oh yes, no that, oh, that true, yeah. but the bigger question is, will ESPN keep the game on ESPN? <laughs> oh, you think they might? This might be the rare. Tune into ESPN News for the conclusion yeah, of this one. We're going to switch over. Also to news. available on the ESPN. We app. might get you for this because what else is going well, on? News on... is where they just always bump stuff. No, no, but it's because but like new. Not everyone gets news anymore. Well, not everyone gets you either. Like that's just what yeah, they, more people get ESPN you than tune ESPN into the app. That's yeah, what it's tune into the app. plus. We're yeah. going to plus. We're going to ESPN <laughs> plus. Tune into the app. I mean, they would move a game if it was. I think if it's a close game, we say. I don't. I don't think they would actually. I don't think they actually would. Yeah. Fox, I think might. <laughs> Fox <laughs> might do it just to watch Dion walk in. Like walk, like walk in the pregame. We got get pregame. A, yeah. We got pregame coverage. From, oh, no, you know what they do? split screen. Yeah, split screen. Yeah, we we'll get, get the split screen. Yeah. yeah, we'll get the split screen. All right, 
Um, when we come out of this, let's let's presume Memphis wins in this scenario. What? Um, who's going to be the? Who, who are we going to be talking about coming out of this game if Memphis wins this game? I think it has to be Seth Hennigan. I mean, for because for Memphis to win without us that being the talking point, pretty much everything else is going to have to go right, which which is possible. You can make a play on special teams, like Watson could rush for 100 yards. All those things can happen, but it feels like if we're coming out of here, we're talking about how Memphis scored the biggest win of the season and, and in years, really. It's going to be because Seth Hennigan rose to the occasion against the guy that is perceived as the best quarterback in the conference. Um, and it feels like that's, that's going to be the talking point. So for that not to be the talking point, like I said, I think a lot of other stuff is going to have to happen. I think, the, I, I think by and large you're right. The only other scenario that I see like from realistically, but it's not predictable, is like if the defense forces like four turnovers. Five turnovers and, and yeah. like that, but that's uh, turnovers are unpredictable. But like if it's just if it's played, if it's played down to down, I think I, I I'm with you 100. percent Like I don't know how Memphis wins this game without Seth playing well. Yeah, and he could do it. That's the thing. It's not it's not like something crazy needs to happen for Memphis to win this game. I mean, it's what Tulane is favored by. I just saw five points. Like. And yeah, it's a one-score game. On, yeah. So, especially especially if we're talking about a game that's a shootout, because then it's about the quarterback, right? If it's a low-scoring game, then maybe it's a different story. Um, but I think if, if we're talking about a high-scoring game, which is kind of what people expect, then and how it's been between these two teams, then it's got to be it's got to be the quarterback. Like looking at so the two losses last year for Tulane. I always forget they lost to Southern Miss, but I think that was another yeah. game where they had a bunch of turnovers. Like Pratt, Pratt was nineteen of twenty nine, and then when they, he's played, they've been pretty good lately. Uh, he turned a corner. They're last eleven year. and two, or they're fourteen and two the last two seasons. Yeah, when uh, he's played. Yeah, he's uh, he's turned the corner. I mean, he he's viewed as an NFL quarterback now. I, I wouldn't have said that yeah. at the beginning of his career, but it. We'll see. Yeah, the invite, invite, yeah, he's training good, he's camp, invite guy, senior bowl make candidate, maybe. Okay, <laughs> combine guy. No, he's getting, he's getting legit. He's getting like mid round draft pick, but yeah, it's still early for that. Je- you, he's you, not wild. You'll, you'll he's learn. Not wildly you'll learn. Accurate. Jonah Jeffrey is a QB connoisseur. He, he I feel like. Uh, Je- if you ask Jeffrey about any quarterback in the country, I got. A, I usually got a pretty good opinion. He's got a pretty good opinion about it. So okay, fair enough. All, All right. right. Jonah, we appreciate it. Looking forward to your coverage tonight uh, at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that was Jonah Dillon, Tiger football beat writer for the commercial appeal. Follow him on X at the Jonah Dillon. He's doing a great job for us. He's thrown six picks the last. He's taking care of the ball. Yeah. Well, he doesn't throw it a lot when they're winning. Yeah, because they've been like, they're like semi option. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.